Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Out to Be podcast. It's your host, Katie Zaccardi, and on today's episode, I have a very special guest, Johnny Wisdom. Johnny is a music executive and an entrepreneur with 15 plus years of experience in the music industry. He is focused on improving the playing field for music creators worldwide. And he's an advocate for mental health, which you know we love on this podcast, as well as for financial literacy, which you know we love on this podcast. And today we're talking about social media. Johnny and I actually connected because we both came together to host a room on Clubhouse in the 808 Wave Club. So both of us were sort of invited up by Isabella Bedoya and because we both knew her. And then the three of us essentially became the co-moderators of this room that we host weekly on Tuesdays. So I'm really excited to have him on the podcast. In that room, we talk all about social media. So it was nice to bring the conversation to the podcast today and in a way that's relevant with the themes that we've been talking about recently, including launching, getting ready to launch, and getting ready to sell and promote your new offers. As a reminder... If you're still not sure what type of offer you want to add to your business to be able to bring in more money this summer and add an additional income stream to your biz, go ahead and head to katiezacardi.com to take the quiz that Brie Noble and I created that's crafted to help you figure out exactly that. This quiz will help you determine which new offer and what stream of income you should add to your business. That's the best fit for you based on where you're at in your biz, your audience size, your interest, and many other things. It's going to take you like five minutes to take, so it's super quick, and the information that you're going to get in your results is invaluable and a perfect way to start on your journey of growing your business, growing your income, and hopefully joining us on the launch journey to actually get your offer out there. So like I said on today's episode, we're going to talk about social media when it comes to launching. So warming up your audience, content around that, content when it comes to selling and promoting, and all things social media content. So I'm really excited to dive in today. I'm going to leave it at that so that you can enjoy this juicy episode. And as always, make sure that you screenshot the episode, tag us both on social media when you do with your big takeaways. We would absolutely love to hear from you. And now let's go ahead and welcome Johnny to the Out To Be podcast. Hey, Johnny, and welcome to the Out To Be podcast. I am so glad to be here. Thanks for having me. So for everyone listening, Johnny and I connected over Clubhouse, and we've been actually hosting rooms together for several months now, I guess it's been, believe it or not, on Tuesdays, so come hang out with us in the 808 Wave Club. But I am super excited to have him on the podcast today because we are going to talk all about social media, using social media um, as a musician and as a coach and using it during a launch too. So before we dive into that, Johnny, can you give us a little bit about who you are and what you do in the music industry? Absolutely. Uh, Currently CPO, product officer at harddrive.com and um, co-founder of the West Coast Recording Academy, uh, westcoastrecordingacademy.com. A longtime music industry person. Um, I don't like to say veteran because we're not at war it's just it feels like a war sometimes and that's why people like katie are so important because they help kind of smooth things over and and make you feel like you belong make you feel like you can actually create impact in in your life and so with uh with my position in the music business it's just a facilitator anything that i can facilitate for creators or you know that falls for most of the jobs in music whether you're a singer songwriter artist entrepreneur uh, manager, A&R, all of these different things kind of fall under the umbrella of, you know, either being a musician yourself or a music creator or a facilitator. So for me, anything that I can do to help, you know, in that capacity is is what I currently do every day. So you've had a ton of experience working with so many different kinds of artists. And especially recently, uh, we've talked a lot about social media in our room. That's what it's about. And I've seen so much great work that you've done with your clients from getting them up on reels to just like being able to think about different strategies for getting people out there and building an audience of super fans. And we talk about a ton about social media on this podcast. And recently we've been talking about launching a lot. So I'm curious what your thoughts are 
on the difference between a sort of regular day-to-day social media presence versus the kind of social media presence one should have when they are in the middle of a launch period, a release period, or any type of like high promo period. Just at like sort of overview surface level, what do you feel like the big differences are? I think that there's a cumbersome component in there, which is that you want to make it feel like you're not selling, but you're selling 24 hours a day. And when it comes to launches and specific things that you're going to highlight, you know, it's difficult to kind of separate those colors, right? Because you've got, you know, the, the really high intensity, like, Hey, this is coming. This is on the way be a part of it, join now, calls to action, like all of these things being honed in on and just very being very pointed. And then sometimes you've got like your regular rolling content, which is like value providing and community building and kind of calling for that, um, I would say, soothing, as I said, you know, just kind of being part of what helps people get through their version of the business all the time. And so I think in terms of what the differences are or, or how you can execute that, at the best way, it's just making sure that your cells and your pointed actions or call to actions, those are going to be just as attached to your core values as your regular rolling content. The value's still there, right? Just because you're saying, hey, someone needs to join or sign up, you, you have to position that in a way where they're getting benefit out of it. It's not just, hey, go buy this. You know, that that's really, it's almost like a stick up move. Like I always compare it to like when, when artists have a song coming out, it's very easy to, to, to distinguish that, you know, hey, put them up, go check out my SoundCloud. It's like, bro, what, that's not human communication. You, you're sticking me up at gunpoint telling me to go to a link in your bio. Like, it doesn't have to be that. What's funny is right before we started recording, Johnny and I were talking about New York and when he came to visit New York. And it <laughs> it's hilarious that you just brought that up because I feel like in New York, it used to be a thing where people would just shove CDs into people's hands on the street. Mm-hmm. And then if you took the CD they'd be like, okay, now you have to pay me. And it was like, it's a huge scam. Like that is a scam. People tell you, watch out for that. Don't, don't take the CDs. Don't accept the thing. Intimidating. Yeah. Because that's not how you should be doing business. And the same thing goes on social media. Like you might not think that you're shoving a CD in someone's face and saying, now pay me for it because how could you? It's social media. It's different. But when you're approaching social media content and really sales is what it is in the wrong way, it totally can come off like that. And, you know, maybe it's not gunpoint, but for the person who's a fan who's now being pushed something in their face, it is very off-putting. And so it's something that we're definitely going to dive deeper into because I know so many people out there are wondering, but how do I promote my stuff without it being like salesy or gross or anything like that? Before we get there, I want to talk more about the warm-up phase because the way I teach launching uh, is... When you're preparing to launch, you're going to have a phase, maybe a month or so on social media, where you're basically warming up your audience to that launch and to that offer. You're breadcrumbing it, you're teasing it, you're making sure your content is all around it. And then, of course, you have the actual one to two week period or longer, depending on exactly how that launch looks, where you are like hard selling, hard promoting. So before we get to that part, in the warm-up phase, what do you feel like important components are to start to really build a relationship with your audience and make sure that you're putting good quality content out there? I think the components to connecting more than anything is really kind of bearing yourself open to what it is that they're experiencing currently, because I think that there's no better bond than assimilation and not for the sake of just, you know, hey, we're we're a lot alike or we go through the same things. No, like really dive into the pain and pleasure points of like what it takes to do what it is that we're doing. Because so one of the hardest concepts for most artists and creators to understand, that's why I, I really moved into facilitation is because it's hard to understand that the music business is majority business. Like if you just look at the words themselves, business is bigger than music, right? So when we look at it from that perspective, it's really hard to understand. I wanted to fight people. I think I said that in one of our rooms, like I've, I've wanted to fight people when, when they're like, the music business is majority business and very little music. 
that's disheartening, especially to someone that like grew up being very deeply moved by music and feeling like music was there for them when no one else was and stuff like that, right? Like that, that's still an amazing component of the music business. But when we look at what's going to get you traction and what's going to make it sustainable and being able to make a living off of it, those are the things that we really have to put first because everybody else that wants to put the music first, that's how you end up not to compare it to scams, but I mean, that's how you end up in bad deals or in bad business situations, because you're so willing to put this one thing above everything. Like I'm only here for the music and I'm over here. Let's say I'm like a sharky music business guy. And I'm like, Hey, you only care about music. No problem, kid. I've got a studio come over here and we can do this and no problem. Don't worry about contracts. Don't worry about splits. Don't worry about percentages. You get to make music. And it's like, Literally. yay. And it's like, wait, no. I'm They're the evil villain being like, oh, I yeah. Literally. <laughs> Literally. It's terrible. Totally though. And I think that that's actually a complex, I feel like that kind of happens in the music industry where a lot of artists feel like, I feel like I shouldn't have to do the business. Mm -hmm. Older artists didn't have to. Like, older artists just got to, like, sing in bars and get discovered or have connections and whatever or network. And they didn't have to have the business side. They could just, you know, get signed and have everyone do it for them. And while you can still get signed today, because the barrier of entry is so little, because there's, I don't even know the exact number, but basically just, like, a shit ton of songs being uploaded to Spotify each day, there's a lot more competition and that doesn't have to be a bad thing, but we know this to be true. We know that you have a lot of people around you who are doing a similar thing and you have a uh, much higher chance of getting signed and of getting support if you already have established yourself in the industry. So even if your goal is to get signed versus being totally independent, or having a multifaceted music career, which we've been talking a lot about on the podcast recently, um, and like maybe being a musician and coaching or and teaching and starting up new ventures to financially support yourself, it can feel like I shouldn't have to do that or maybe I don't want to do that because blah, 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 it's not fair. But the reality is like if you want to be successful in the music industry, you have to be business minded too. And that is going to show up on social media. So social media strategy is super important for that. Are there any strategies in particular that recently you've seen work really well for like clients or people that you've worked with that you feel like is something that artists can try, especially when they're in a warm up phase and they're trying to really connect with their audience and focus on a specific topic or, or offer that's coming next? Absolutely. So I think very similar to what we're describing in the always be selling, but not selling kind of thing, right? Like we're, we're going to want to make it look like, Hey, it's just us. And this is what we do, but you know, you can, you can actually join in. This is the value prop. You can come in and, you know, for this much monthly or for this much for this launch, uh, join this thing and you're going to get all this value out of it, but this is what we do all the time. So I think that if, if I can make it the least complex, because it's kind of complex in my head, but just try to bring it out of my brain into the real world, I would say there is the hand-to-hand -hand or the uh, ground level, not even fighting, but just ground level engagement, right? And then there's the, what I would call kind of aerial uh, engagement. And what I mean by that is you're going to have your socials as kind of the ground floor, right? Because people have direct access either to you or your content. So you're going to place your ground level stuff and you really want to get that foundation solid. So pick somewhere to start. If it's going to be minimal, then maybe picking one or two socials where you're strong and really go into it and, and provide not only value because that's such a blanket statement, but provide something to the community, like sacrifice time and create custom content so that they can feel you because ultimately in music, what people fail to realize a lot of the time too is that the music itself is not the product. The music is the marketing. And so if you can market yourself through the music, now you're going to have a business where if you think that the music is the product, that's actually a really, really high fence to climb and it's not really going to work that way. So going at it from two sides would be you have your foundational content, which is just like, hey, guys, this is who I am. This is what I do. This is what it's about. And then the aerial content is more like being able to place the 
music per se, right? If it's the marketing tool, place it in real world places, like have it end up in, you know, playlists and talking to people that are maybe in the niche that the music is in. And if it, and if it's highlighting, you know, wanting to go after the bag, like get with people that are talking about going after the bag and like really roll yourself into that community and, and being part of communities are going to start, you know, it, it's going to help position you so much better than you just hard selling all the time. Hey guys, here's my music, new song out, new video out, new lyric video out. Like that's just all very um, floor level stuff. So you want to try and get, you know, a little bit up in the air, you know, with maybe a new community diving into different communities and being seen in different places so that it's not just you one-on-one -on -one always interfacing. Hey, come look at this. Yeah. And a lot of what you're saying is screaming in my brain, like personal brand, personal brand, personal brand, because especially for anyone listening who is thinking about um, adding like a course or a coaching program to what they're doing and building their uh, business that way, because again, that's what we've been talking about recently. It's really important that you know that whether it's the music, whether it's the course, whether it's whatever, you are the personal brand first and foremost. And so you have to be connecting on that bottom level, just like Johnny was saying. Now, Johnny, you started to kind of go into this, but how can artists, musicians, coaches, teachers even, build authority on their platforms? So like, as you're engaging with your social media, and you were kind of alluding to this, but you really want to make sure that you're like showing your product out there. Like you're showing your testimonials, your music's getting places or your, you know, your clients are doing things. How do we focus on like authentically again, in a way that's not like braggy brag or like <laughs> shoving it in your face, show up in authority in our platform so that people can start to see us as like a professional musician or a coach who really knows what they're talking about or whatever it is that one is out to accomplish. Yeah, it's something that you're going to have to first show up in complete ownership, which is totally owning the space that you are in and realizing that everything is going to have to be on a scalable level. And it has to be, I look at it like hiking. So, you know, if you're going to tell people, hey, I'm an authority in the hiking space. First, you got to show that you know how to hike. So you go and hike this small hill and you tell them, look, all I needed was this camel back and I got to you know, stay hydrated and these are the tips and you can outline the tips, et cetera. Then you go and take on something harder. And so I think that that's kind of the incremental growth that you can show people and you know, really take ownership first and be confident because the lack of confidence will definitely bleed right into whatever it is that you say or what you do. It's very difficult to, you know, show confidence. And it's almost like the premise of how you get hired in the first place, right? Like people have trouble sometimes. Well, I'm not going to hire you because you don't have experience, but then how do you get experience if you don't get hired? Right? So that same type of mentality comes into the music business because it's like, well, I haven't accomplished anything. What do I show people? What am I going to be confident about? Be confident that you are you. Nobody else could be you. That's like the first thing you have to own because if you don't own that, things fall apart very quickly. But if you can own who you are, what you do and what you're out to do, set that goal and set that, you know, ultimate and, and really it's yourself. Like if you set yourself so high above yourself that it doesn't matter where you are currently because of where you want to take it. It's very easy to translate that over. And so I, I would just take the approach of, you know, going hill by hill and, and maybe showing it from the three sides of it. Right. So there's the intent to do it. There's the actual action. And then there's what you took from it. So, you know, that those would be easy ways to like, you know, make it to where you're showing who you are and you're experiencing your knowledge and, and putting it, in action, right? So that that really helps authenticate everything that you're talking about. Such a good point that you don't have to be at the top of Mount Everest in order to be able to share that you're you're an expert in something or you have authority or that, you know, you're a professional or you can teach someone something. You just have to like climb the first hill. You just have to be 10 steps ahead of someone or just have made X amount of progress, like release this album or release this music video and have something that you've something that you can say you've done and something you can say you're working towards. And that's good enough to be able to show up there in your authority. 
And you're not, you're not having to fool anyone. Like nobody's asking you to show up and be something you're not. It's literally just about owning who you are and where you're at. 100%. I think that during the last year, a lot of people have changed their relationships with social media. There's been a lot of new platforms that have popped up. If we are trying to appeal to everyone, we know that we're really appealing to no one. But if there's people out there right now who are listening and feeling pressure to like be on TikTok or do reels or do this, that, and the other thing because they think they have to be anywhere. Where do you think the sort of like social media landscape is right now and where pe- where should people focus depending on what their goals are or if they're just feeling this pressure to like be everywhere? Absolutely. I think that's the easiest way to shoot yourself in the foot is trying to be everywhere at once. It's not, it's not humanly possible. And to be honest with you, the most effective people, at least around me, they're not everywhere. Like the most effective people around me are genuinely maybe on, if I say two social medias, that's a lot because to really hone in and we're talking about humanized effort, right? Like if we're really putting something into it, it could be, to where we are giving our everything to this one platform and then everything else is just going to be like, you know, really casual usage, which is, which is really fine. Like, I don't care. I, I, me, myself, people that have interacted with me and when it comes to what I can do, I have such a large, I guess, service base and kind of skill set that it doesn't matter what they need. I can figure it out pretty quickly and, and the budgets can range. And, you know, I don't have a set, price range and what I want to get out of them for me I'm like look you're either ready or you're not for the things that I feel you might need and if I can't facilitate them I'll point them in a direction where it might work um so you know very much so it's about connecting and I guess I can compare it to kind of like neighborhoods in the city right like there's the TikTok neighborhood there's the Instagram neighborhood there's the Twitter neighborhood so if you know where your audience majority lives you want to get good at being interactive in that neighborhood. That's the best way I can put it, you know, and really knowing what what works for you. If you're a performing type of person, I would say TikTok might work really well for you because that's that's what it's about. It's education and entertainment. If you can entertain people and you can perform or do dances or, you know, really kind of come to life on camera, TikTok's the place to be. If you're a writer, if you're really deeply philosophical, take your ass to Twitter. And Instagram is just like a combination of multiple ones. And so Instagram, I feel like for me, comes natural just because it's easy for me to pick. Like, I want people to see this so I can put that there and maybe give them some story or some content, you know, around it and, and really kind of deliver that message from, from a third dimensional perspective. Whereas on TikTok, I feel like I, I would have to just show up and, and find a way for me to work towards their, um, toward, towards their neighborhood without, without taking away from who I am. Like I would stiffly stay myself inside of that. And no matter what, that's, it goes back to the ownership of the self, because if you know who you are, you're you in every state in the United States, right? So you don't change who you are when you go to different neighborhoods. But if you do, then, you know, people feel that and people feel disingenuous by that. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's obvious that there's almost like different generations on each different platform that's gonna play into it too like what generation are you what hobbies do you have what values do you have that kind of stuff all goes together to just define like who you are and your brand and obviously your offers are going to go off of that because it's going off of you and you're the creator of it so all that is so important so I want to dive into talking a little bit more about that sort of Instagram sales content and navigating it, or not just Instagram, I should really just say social media in general. I'm curious, when you are approaching a launch period or one of your artists is approaching a release or something like that, what are the top things that you consider when you're putting together a social media strategy? I think immediately there's a quantity versus quality concept that comes to mind because a lot of times you say, well, I want to increase the quality in what I'm doing. I want to, you know, maybe increase the quality of the camera or my audio or the the finish on the way things look. I think that when you don't have necessarily access to that, because I just recently ended up putting together like a mini documentary for harddrive.com and like trying to figure out what's going to look good there and how it's going to look. And so, yeah, we rented equipment and did all the kind of spiel for it. But I think if I was going to do like a launch myself, for me, it's all about quantity before quality. 
the reason being is that social media, your phone's going to be with you all the time. And that camera person is not, even if you paid them a cool week straight, that's seven days of them collecting content with you. What happens on day eight when you had an amazing call with someone and you can use that as social proof or some type of value for people and like really show that you understand the headspace that people are in, that professional photographer or videographer is not there. So for me, I really go off of having more quantity when it comes to around warming up and even the actual launch phase because if i just see you more i care about you more just automatically like and you're already being limited in your engagement by these platforms because it benefits them to limit you and they want you to spend money so instead of spending the money spend the time and that's those are the two sides of it if you don't have money or if you don't have the money quote unquote then spend the time because time is going to make a difference. So if you're just on there and you're showing people and you don't have to feel like you need to recycle stuff, like just, just be fresh with it. You know, if you have to record yourself three, four times in the day, I mean, think about it. You'd go and do a part-time job and work for someone else for four to five hours. You're not willing to work for yourself for 45 minutes. Like you should be willing to, and you should own it enough to where it's not awkward and it's not scary. I am not, a fan of being in front of a camera, but I know what this job entails. And I know that people need to put a face if they're going to trust with what you're saying, they need to put a face to it. And as much as I may not like it, I've got to get used to it because this is this is a long term thing here. So I better get okay with being in front of a camera and smiling at people. because I mean, that's what they want to see. There's two things in there that I really want to point out. The first is you were saying quantity over quality as in put more out there, don't hold yourself back. But I feel like the underneath that is also like, don't, don't let perfectionism or like having quality in terms of visuals get in the way of having quality content. Because like you were, the example you gave, you know, maybe you have the videographer or the, the nice photos, but you have a story you can tell about a testimonial and you hold back from doing that because it's just you and your iPhone. That is like a really quality piece of content. Mm -hmm. Yes, it's like quantity because it's another one, but it's also a really important piece of content that you would be holding yep. yourself back from if you're too caught up on like everything being picture perfect or super prepared ahead of time or anything like that. And so there always has to be room for just like being comfortable on camera, being comfortable sharing things more in the moment as they happen and using that as fuel and as content. And also being okay with maybe not planning everything so tightly in advance and leave room for that magic. The other thing that you kind of brought up was video. Like you're talking a lot about video and I feel like video is such a important media type that's coming up right now because we have podcasts, we have the visuals, but with TikTok coming up and Reels, short form video especially seems to really be what people are gravitating towards right now especially if you are going to be selling someone something. Just mm -hmm. like you said, they want to see your face. So first thing, since you mentioned you're not super comfortable on video, I'm curious if you have any tips on like confidence or how to approach video or like how to, you know, how to ask ourselves, is this the right platform for me? Or how can I do this in a way that serves me even if I'm not the video person or if I don't love being on it? Yep, I think um, it's just you got to ask yourself how important it is to you. How much does it matter to you? Because I know that if, if I had to be on video for myself and say, Hey guys, you know, album coming out, I may not be as quick as if I get a phone call and they're like, Hey, listen, um, you know, we're doing a video for hard drive and they need to see you. Like I, I gotta be, there. this is a community of two, 3000 people now. Like this isn't just me. This isn't just about my music. Now the idea is bigger, but to zoom back in because not everybody's going to be thinking on the behalf of a community. I think that even if you're just thinking from the side of being an artist or being, let's say I'm a guitar player, like, you know, I have to get comfortable with the fact that my, my idea and my cell or my, you know, overall belief system is so much bigger than how I feel about being uncomfortable in front of a camera. If I want to be John Mayer, I got to get over that and I got to get, you know, in my John Mayer and, and get in my head and just, you know, rip it and then kill it. Or if I'm writing a song, I think one of the most underutilized, and this might be a great idea for people listening, is that I think one of the most underutilized 
pieces of content or types of content is not just BTS, but effective behind the scenes. So instead of walking people through eight hours of you trying to write one song, if you finally finish that song and you like it, you piece by piece show people, you know, I wrote this verse this way and you already wrote it. So it's kind of like reverse engineering, starting from the finish line and going backwards and showing people this line I wrote this way and you show yourself recording that line, go in, do your edits or whatever, and then you finish the song. It's like, that's really fun for me to watch because one of the biggest things that I felt growing through the music industry when I was younger was feeling like nobody wanted to show you what their magic was. Everybody was so fearful, like, no, you can't see my sauce. You can't see the recipe. I'll give people my entire recipe. They can never make my sauce. So, yeah. you know, that's that's just a big difference in what's going on right now. But to touch on what you brought up, I 100% believe that social media is only barely turning the corner to video because YouTube shorts is on the way if it's not already happening by the time people are listening. Um, and on top of that, face interactions in a world where we live through a pandemic, it is absolutely imperative because we want to put faces even to corporations like McDonald's had a clown, Jack in the Box has the Jack. Like, you know, we want to put some type of characterization to it. And that's why when you can think in a business mind and you can third person yourself as best you can, like Marshmallow with his mask on, like, you know, you make that character and your music will sell because you're using the music as marketing for the character. It's that third party experience. So if you're going to sell a course, you know, you have to find a champion for the course, even if it's not you, you can put the course together and find somebody to be the face of your business. That's a very common practice in business, but then you bring it into like the coaches space or the, or the um, mentorship space. And people are like, no, I would never, because I have to be the one to show people and I'm the one that they need to see. That's fine. But I mean, there's a hundred other businesses that are the face of them has nothing to do with who built them. Yeah, that's a good point. I actually never thought about the way McDonald's like does that. <laughs> and it's such a good illustration of how, you know, even these gigantic companies are building like a personal connection, so to say, with you by having something specific that they can think of you uh, or associate with you. And I agree. I think video is like just about to boom really big. And again, to reiterate, like when somebody is preparing to buy from you or support you, they are going to want to know you. I see a lot of artists out there promoting their music and just sort of sharing like reshares or, you know, just sharing their posts and they never talk, they never talk to their audience. And I just feel like you're missing out on such a huge chunk of who you are. And people might listen to your music, but at the end of the day, they want to know you. And that's what's going to translate to like diehard fans, people who join your Patreon or your community. And from a coach perspective, people who actually want to work with you because there's, you know, there's a ton of musicians out there singing pop rock music. Why are they following you? There's a ton of coaches out there teaching marketing. Why is someone going to hire you? They're going to hire you because they like you because they think that your personality is going to vibe with theirs because you said something and they looked into your eyes even on the camera and said oh wow I resonate with that maybe she can help me or he can help me and that I feel like is the difference so moving into this like conversation around sales obviously video is important but what are some other sales strategies or just like ways people can approach selling and promoting on their stories that doesn't come across as pushy or sleazy or whatever <laughs> other bad words you can think of that people usually associate with sales and promo. I think one of the best ways to manifest that really, it, it has to do with the value being brought into the third dimensional world because for example, a lot of times you're going to get pushback on price, right? So like if, if, if a certain, you know, course or something is priced well over 500 or 1000 or $2,000, it, it's immediately demonized. Like, well, clearly you're just a salesperson. This is, you're just trying to make your living off of me. And if you start to work backwards from the price, it's not really even the price because sales funnels teaches like give people the right number code and they'll probably buy it. Like, oh, this course is valued at $6,879, but you're going to get it for $49. How you can get that value prop is crazy. But I'll say that when it comes to how to reduce 
the grossness from the sale, it has to do with the understanding. If I felt understood, then I'm probably going to want to buy because people know, like, especially now I'm, I'm such a weird, like animal in the music business because now I'm not just about wanting to produce your record or I want to mix your record or I want to write your record. Like now my focus is so different. So when people want me to be involved with something, now they have to come up with something that might interest me, which is making a change or being a part of a movement or something bigger. And so, you know, if I feel understood, then I'm going to be completely attentive because I'm being very selective with what I'm paying attention to. Your, excuse me, your audience may not be that selective. They may, they may just be on Instagram or they may just be on TikTok to have a good time and kind, kind of go through their social media routine because we all kind of have like our hour or 45 minutes or whatever in the day some people are like eight hours a day just kind of scrolling through and watching stuff and maybe they're watching for something specific the algorithm on tiktok is scary sometimes because what they're doing is that they're trying to pay attention and data profile you so that they can bring you more of what you're looking for so if you're looking up fights on world star they're going to get you 10 more and if you're looking up you know people helping you with your music business they're going to get you 10 more of those so you really have to understand the human third dimensional model of the person that you're speaking to so that you can hit them from an emotional place, from a psychological place, from a financial place, from a, you know, a, a happy-go-lucky place, from the not-so-fun place. If you hit me in all these different places in my brain or in my, or in my being, I'm automatically connected. I'm like, I don't know what this is. I need more information. I need to click through. And that's then the part of how you structure are you ready to collect? Because we're always pretending to do a rain dance. Like, I think that's the idea of always selling um, the same premise that if you're on video or if you're on TikTok, always be talking, right? Like, that's one of the rules is like, you just don't want to have dead air. If you go on live, you don't want to have the, hey guys, we're going to wait a couple of minutes for everybody to join. No, you better be going from jump because I just hit join. I don't know what you're talking about. I don't need to see silence. So the same way, if you give out that understanding and really see the third dimensional profile of the person you're speaking to, it's not going to be hard. You're not going to have that sleazy feeling. You know, it's like when I see uh, commercials for what was the last one that was any kind of impactful? I think like, for example, Geico, I think is a wonderful advertising machine for them to just give you Geico could save you 15% or more on car insurance, 15 minutes or less. Like, I'm not trying to spend time on car insurance. That's the last thing on my mind. So yes, yeah. 15 minutes, I can do that. Let's yeah. go, save me money. Like, it's just, you You got to know who you're talking to. You're probably talking to parents. You're probably talking to adults, young adults trying to get their stuff together. Like not trying to spend time on insurance. So get to it. I love everything you just said. And I kind of want to put you on the spot a little bit and ask you, if you could even give us examples. So like a lot of people think, uh, I'll help you out a little. <laughs> I'll preface it. A lot of people think of selling or promoting and it's like hopping on Instagram stories with the, hey guys, go listen to my music and it just came out. Or, you know, hey, I just released this course and it's for people who need this, so go buy it. Or even worse, this is the worst kind. Hey guys, I just announced my Patreon. Please, please go support me. Please. It's so hard to be a musician. Please support me. And no. so I feel like that's just like sort of the generic. That's how everyone thinks, oh, I got to promote it. So I just have to go there and promote it. And it's just talking about this is, this is available. Go do it. Now you're talking about like hitting them with the emotions, grabbing their attention, you know, being able to create a very well-rounded approach to sales, which of course is spot on. Now, how do we translate that to social media con uh, content? And the one thing I'll say is I'm thinking immediately when you were talking of a bathing suit that I literally bought from TikTok because I got a video on my TikTok where somebody was saying, we do sustainable swimwear. And so they were talking about, you know, like, do you want sustainability? Like we created the this swimwear and it's all sustainable and our packaging and blah, blah, blah. And like, that's something that I value. I'm trying to shop more sustainable. I want to look cute. I want a nice bathing suit. Like that made me go and actually buy them because I wanted the product that they had. And I really liked what they stand for and the way they presented it to me. So as an artist or as a coach, 
or teacher, if we're trying to figure out how to get from just show up and say the thing to creating like emotional content that actually gets people to move or at least gets them thinking about opting in or listening. How can we do that? Do you have any examples you could give us? So I think immediately what comes to mind is like harddrive.com. We're spelled very terribly the same way that my name is spelled. It's awful. Like SEO wise, like I think that it's good because it's unique, but it doesn't like when you just say it phonetically, people either think we're an hors d'oeuvre company or we're an RV rental company because I have to spell <laughs> the, the, the dot com and I'm like H-R-D-R-V. And they're like, y'all rent RVs? I'm like, no, it has nothing to do with RVs. So the way that we were able to message was it has to do with what problem we're solving. So it was very much, you know, getting into the mindset of artists and creators that just, you know, do you want to make it easier on yourself? Like, yeah, I do. Like, do you want a community? Which is really the surprise curveball from hard drive was the community. It still is because we didn't realize that people really wanted to be around each other without wanting to seem kind of like that weird, homie in the studio that's like hey do you mind if i get your number like hey you want to collab like that part is weird to people so we made it not weird it's just this is a place where this happens so if you go specifically to this place for this it's not weird so you have to reduce the weird for people and and i mean i'll, I'll say this but can I'm i just point out something of, you said like you hit on the pain points there where you're like it's you don't want to be that guy who's like yo can i get your number yeah. like by personifying it in that way, that's like the part of sales that people now step into. So like, if you were saying this on your stories right now, somebody would be like, oh yeah, I don't want to be that weird guy. Let me go join this. Cause that's going to make it so much easier for me. Yep. And, and I think it, it, it's going towards just the fact that you want to bring out you know, the best and worst in people. Sometimes you have to kind of be polarizing, but I think where I was going was, you know, I, I want to break the glass ceiling a little bit or, or the fourth wall and tell you like advertisers or advertising companies, they think people are stupid. Like they, at best, they, they just think everybody's dumb. You think? And no, that is fact. And <laughs> it's terrible because someone like you and myself, we know enough about data and analytics. Like you can boil people down to nothing. Like, it's just like, you can tell people their entire life story within a matter of a minute or two, if you have maybe their cell phone number, and that might populate their address. And there's a whole trend happening right now on TikTok, where it's like, women are talking about, well, um, he said, do you want me to send you my address? And she, re she replies, or she's thinking like, I already know what year you bought it in the square footage and your parents' social security number or something like that. <laughs> yes, yeah, and, yeah, yeah, and yeah, yeah. It's the same thing in marketing and, and, and selling stuff. And so reducing that, that weirdness in, in a real world setting, it's because for example, you have to think about what people really want, not what they're saying they want. People say, this is, this is funny because this is my everyday conversation. People say, I want to be in music. People say, I want to be a recording artist. Okay, so then if I give you a laundry list of what that's going to take, then all of a sudden we're not as, as into it, let alone there being any kind of pay component. I am telling people face-to-face, -face, I'll do X, Y, and Z for free, but it's going to take this much input, this much enthusiasm from you. And they're like, I'll get back to you. <laughs> it's yeah. like... And, and, you know, trying to make it to where people not necessarily buy or sell, I think it's so much more about you really want the right people to be in front of because there's bad customers too. And you know that as well as I do. So realistically, removing the weird is just knowing who you're talking to. And when you, when you speak to them on any chance you get, if it's a TikTok or if it's a reel or if it's a whatever story, make sure that you talk like there's no one else in the room. It's just you and them. Because if you can say that their entire world kind of crumbles around them, they're like, wait a minute, why'd they just speak my entire life? Like this is, you were talking to me, me, like not, not, not just my yeah. artist self and not like you were talking to me. My legal name is Marco. I'm like, you were talking to Marco. Like that's crazy. So you got to remove all those barriers and just really speak one-on-one -on -one to people 
And even on radio, radio personalities are told, act like you're the only one that, that you're only talking to one person. Yeah. And of course, they're being broadcast to 10 million people. Yeah. And I feel like that's where niching down or really knowing your ideal client or your ideal fan comes in handy because people will sometimes have resistance. You know, I don't want to alienate people. I don't want to, you know, focus yes, on you the do, wrong though. person. I, exactly. You do because then that makes it so much easier to just be like, this is my person. There's many of that person out there. And yes, they're in slightly different variations. But like, if you can really focus and talk to your person and know what that person wants and what they need and what's going to actually make them say, oh yeah, okay, I need to go stream this, join that group, join that course, work with this person. Like that is what's going to make the sale, connecting with them and speaking like to their soul, not just providing them with like, and here's what you get and here's this blah, blah, blah. And but each month you will pay me $5 so I don't starve yes. to death in my music career. Yes. Like that does not make Join my Patreon. Yeah, <laughs> literally. So this was amazing. Johnny, do you have any last tips or any last things to share when it comes to approaching social media uh, for artists, musicians, and coaches who are heading into a launch? So the 80-20 rule is not very complex at all. It's just a matter of knowing that out of 100% of the people that you are, let's say you're going to consider your fan base or your sales base, your customer base, 80% of them are not doing really anything. 20% of them are carrying the other 80. And um, 20% of your client base is doing 80% of your revenue, basically. And so what ends up happening is that you really have to highlight and find those people that are showing any kind of signs of life, even in the beginning. It's like, it's not going to be, oh my God, I love everything you do. It might just be, no, I'm checking you out. And, and if 20% of people are checking you out and the other 80 aren't doing anything, dive into those 20% and don't, you don't have to be creepy about it, but like show them love, show them that you see them, show them support, go on their pages and, you know, really dive into them because that 20% is going to get you another 80%. And like, eventually you get to a thousand and it's just 200, like a thousand of your members or a thousand of your clients. It's only 200 that really give a shit about you. So don't be afraid to dive into small numbers. I love small numbers. I'm, it weirds me out that there's like 20,000 supposed followers on my Instagram. And I'm like, there's no way there's 20,000 people that give a shit about what I say. Not only that, but my engagement is super tiny because I never even use my Instagram anyway. So I'm like, okay, there's something way off here. And I see that there's like three to 500 likes on certain things. And then when I get like a story or a, or a reel out, there's like 5,000 people, 3,000 people that see it. I'm like, huh, okay, but I'm not even paying any attention to that. So my job now needs to be diving into that, but don't ignore those numbers. Don't ignore even if you have 100, 200, 500 followers, you are gonna find that 20% and then you can exploit them and they will carry you. When you get that 20% to a thousand people, that's only 5,000 overall, any kind of list that you make, email, um, friends, followers, whatever, that's only 5,000 people. If you get 1,000 people to truly support you, they all get you $100 throughout that year. You've got $100,000 a year. That's better than 99.9% .9 of artists out there in the world right now that are not signed to majors. So that's how it goes. That's so true. And it goes to show too that people are always like watching and listening. Not everyone, not everyone's going to be mobilized. But like, like you said, you post a story, you post a reel and all of a sudden it's like 5,000 or 3,000 more people than you had before because people really are paying attention. Now it's up to you to actually connect with them and make them like start to take action. I almost rolled my eyes into the other side of my head right now. I had a Medium article come out, which is through Authority Magazine and randomly ex-girlfriends were sharing it on Facebook. And my wife's like, that's my husband. And I'm like, this is weird. And I'm that like, is I didn't weird. even know that these ex-girlfriends were even on my Facebook at all. I, have, I don't even use Facebook. I've had it for like 20 some odd years. I'm like, this is insane. I'm That's like, crazy. oh yeah. And she's like, so who's this? And I'm like, I was a kid. I'm like, wow, she's just somebody that I knew. But at some actually, point. But though, it's like they are watching, and apparently they yes. were out too by <laughs> Yeah. Oh no, this one chick like reposted it and hit the hard eyes on her post, and I was like, I haven't spoken to you in like 18 years. What's happening right now? But. People are weird like that. So yes, you yeah. never know who's watching. And at the same time, they're all pretty much watching. So yeah. like, 
you're just going to be weirded out when something like that happens. But it was cool. <laughs> I mean, longtime relatives that I haven't spoken to are like, yo, that's a dope ass article. I'm like, who is this? They're like, oh, you don't have me saved in your phone? I'm like, I got a new phone last year. What are we talking about? So, yeah, it's just, you you're, you just got to do the work. I lose myself in the work so much that by the time someone comes around with something, like I used to be way more weird about like posting about work even on my Instagram because I'm so behind the scenes. I'm so like, you know, oh, I helped produce this way off in the corner, like the Phantom of the Opera. It's like, no, now I'm like, yeah, I did that. That's cool. And so, you know, you just got to have fun with it. If you, if you lose the fun in it, you'll find your business burnout very quickly because it, it has to have someone that cares. So if you're someone that cares in your business and you care for your business, you're going to see results. And if not, Katie's here. So. <laughs> and you're here. We're both here to help. Um, yeah, that's such a great note to end on. Johnny, tell us where can we keep up with you, connect with you and work with you? At J-H-N-Y-W-Z-D-M, Johnny Wisdom on Instagram. I'm on Clubhouse every Tuesday with Katie and Izzy. Um, I mean, harddrive.com, hrdrv.com. My personal corporation is teambrainscorp.com. Uh, team brains like brains in your head so and then now we're opening up this west coast recording academy so i mean we're kind of all over the place and that's that's really what what fun i'm having now is wanting to just elevate you know everything around ourselves because it's about raising the floor so wherever you see me you'll probably see katie or izzy and we're all over the place so come find us Yes, come find us. We would love to see you in our one of our weekly clubhouse rooms. Tuesday is at 2.30 Eastern. So come join us. Come hang out. We're talking about social media. If you have follow-up questions about this episode, you can ask us there or uh, follow Johnny on social media. And definitely let us know what you think about this episode. Thanks, Johnny, for coming on. Absolutely. Blessings. Thank you so much for listening to the Out To Be podcast. If you like this episode, be sure to share it with a friend. And if you haven't already, rate and review it on Apple iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. That really helps us spread the message and get this podcast out to even more women in music. For more information on coaching services, head to katiezacardi.com. See you next week.